long distance work life. We're here to talk about technology, remote work, and just all the things that kind of relate around it. I'm Marissa Eikenberry. And that would make me Wayne Trammell. <laughs> and uh, today we're having another questions and answers episode where I'm going to ask Wayne some questions. And one of them is even from the audience. And we'd love to get your questions in too. So please let us know on longdistanceworklife.com. We would love to answer your questions. So Wayne, are you ready to get started? Uh, probably. I kind of know where we're going. Just full disclosure. Uh, I know vaguely what the questions are going to be, but I'm hearing them the same time you are. So there. So I thought where we would start, and admittedly, we're going to talk a little bit about when pandemic and all that first happened um, in 2020, but we saw this surge of happy hours, virtual classes, people were doing yoga, like all of this kind of stuff to try and help with the company culture. And I know that a lot of that has lessened over time, especially as people have gone back into the office and we're trying to figure out this hybrid thing and flexible work. But I know that companies learned a lot of valuable tips and tricks during that time. So in your conversations with companies, are there any things that have stuck and what things have gone away? Yeah. So let's take a look at why all of that stuff happened. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, you went from a place where the vast majority of people saw each other at work every day or at least several days a week. Right. And the culture existed and the company was there. And all of a sudden, mandated, and we were told it was going to be for a very short period of time. Yeah, Remember when this was going to be over by Memorial Day? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so a lot of organizations, and more importantly, the people in those organizations, got thrown into the deep end, and they had never done this before. And their whole life was different. The rhythm of their life was different. Uh, they, I mean, the average American gets 60% of their social interaction through the workplace anyway. Right. All of a sudden, that was shrunk. Well, and you some know, people that lived by themselves, like they were home alone. Well, all the time. I had a client in Germany who left Frankfurt and moved back with her mother in Bavaria because she had this little studio apartment in in Frankfurt that was great when she had a social life and friends and like that. But when she couldn't go out, those walls closed in really tight. Yeah, it was no longer it, a retreat. Yeah, there is a human need, even for the biggest introverts, to have contact with other human beings. Right. And what we tried to do, and we've talked about this on past episodes, we tried as hard as we could to replicate the only thing we knew, which was the office. Absolutely. And so we had the same meetings at the same times that we had in the office. We tried to bring people together and with the purest of intentions, uh, tried to overcome the distance. We pushed people to use webcams. Uh, prior to the pandemic, a lot of people wouldn't use webcams for a lot of reasons that we've discussed in right. the past. All of a sudden, it was like, no, we need to do this. We need to maintain our culture. On a gut level, people understood that this was important. Mm -hmm. What we didn't understand was how much of this can we do and what's the right mix and how do we, right. how do we do this? 
And company so, cooking classes are probably not a thing that has to happen all the yeah, time. But there was Zoom church. I mean, yeah. the funniest sketch Saturday Night Live has done in a very long time was Zoom Zoom church. <laughs> At some point, you and I should have a conversation about online church, but that's a different conversation entirely. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we tried to compensate, right? And we used what was available to us. Absolutely. And as always, sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And so that led to, you know, at the office, we used to have all this unstructured time or we would go out once a month or we would bring pizza in and everybody would get together. So let's do that. Only everybody's virtual. Yeah. Here, everybody has an Uber Eats card or the whatever. The logic behind that made perfect sense. Right. The reality of it, there's a couple of things. One is... It can get a little weird. For example, we had a number of lunches in the yes. office where anybody within kind of spitting distance of Indianapolis came together and we had a camera set up in the conference room and everybody could see everybody and we played kind of icebreaker games. But here's the thing. It was 9.30 in the morning for me. I was not eating pizza. I was not having lunch. I'd already had breakfast. So a lot of that meeting was me watching people eat. Right. Right? And it's just the reality of the situation. I understood the importance of the event. I played along. But watching other people eat is not the most riveting thing. Also, some organizations did it right. They would provide, um, some organizations provided, as you said, Uber Eats cards or whatever. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and some organizations did that and some didn't. Again, it depended on the time of day. Virtual happy hour for one group basically meant day drinking for another, which I mean, may or may not, not be, the, which may or may not be the positive uh, thing you're trying to present. May not be encouraged. Um, and so it was an attempt to right. create something that existed before. Now, what we have found out through this is that different organizations, different cultures, cultures, work cultures, right. different people want and crave different things. Absolutely. And everybody needs to make accommodations for everybody else. Right. I am not a big fan of forced fun, uh, just Amen. in general, right? Other people crave it, need it. Uh, we work for an organ. I'll tell you how this works and how it doesn't. Okay. A lot of times we have these monthly meetings. This is my kimono wide open. <laughs> okay. Be grateful you are not watching this on YouTube unless you are, and then I'm sorry. We have monthly meetings. And most of these meetings start off with some form of icebreaker. Yes. And Kevin, bless his heart, wants every member, and we've got about 11, 12 people on Roughly. any of these calls at a given time. And we all have to, you know, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite? At Christmas, it was, what's your favorite Christmas memory? It's lovely. And we all know each other. Right. It's a little easier for us than it might be for some. 
and because we already know each other and exactly. and which means it's both more valuable and less valuable yes uh because we know each other right if you don't know each other i see the value in that conversation yes um now kevin did one that i loved and here was the deal at the time i thought it was silly and stupid and ridiculous and oh dear lord we're really doing this and he had everybody go around and what is your favorite candy yes i remember this right and everybody went now i like this and i like this and i like this obscure chocolate bar and you know for me it was jujubes uh or gummy bears it was gummy bears and like that yeah and then a week later <laughs> unannounced no label on the package nothing this three pound picture three pound bag right. of gummy bears winds up on my front porch i remember fortunately it was not august 120 degrees yeah you didn't have one solid gummy bear one shaped giant. like a bag exactly um and it actually took me a couple of days to figure out who this came from and it was fun. It was nice. We, I actually I reached out to a couple of people. Did you get candy on your door? What was that about? Do we know what this is? What? Did, right. And then it became, what did you get? And it was fun. It was, and that's an icebreaker that worked great. I will tell you, as somebody who already knew that those packages were going out, because I'm in the office sometimes anyway, um, it was fun watching you guys freak out because you didn't know where they came from. Yeah, it was a lot of it, it was a lot of fun. And that's an example of an icebreaker that it didn't take a lot of time to do. It was very short and it tied to something else and it had a long term effect. Yes. And that's the thing about icebreakers. Uh, I have. A healthy understanding of why we use them. Right. And. I have a very, very little patience for when they drag on and on and on. I would agree with that too. The problem is that the people who organize these things are doing the best they can, usually yes. with very little guidance. And usually those types of people fall on the side of erring on the side of fun and connection. Right. We had a client, this is absolutely true. I was doing a series of webinars for the client and they sent me this question in advance and said, this is real. Please do not use anybody's name. This team, this woman led the team. She worked from home. She begins every 15 minutes with an update on her cat. <laughs> Mr. Whiskers or whatever his name is, is actually the co-host of the meeting and sits on her desk, frequently walking in front of the oh, webcam. And God. she encourages everybody to give an update on their pets. And this gets longer and longer and longer to where the first 10 to 15 minutes of the meeting is Mr. Whiskers and the pet update. Okay. Which I'm sure is awkward for some that don't have pets at all. But that's a different story. Uh, not only do they not have pets, they have lives. They have things they need to do. There is right. work to be done, right? Right. And the manager, because nobody has given them feedback on this, the okay. manager is blissfully unaware that this is a problem. Okay. Because nobody's told in him. her defense, nobody said anything so far. 
Yeah. Okay. And I enjoy it. So therefore. <laughs> so this is the thing, right? We're trying. And, and so you said that at the beginning of the pandemic, there was Zoom everything. And in some cases it works. You know that I write novels as well as this. We had a great in-person writers group prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, a few of us got together and we started working online. We started doing our critiques online. We had to change the way we do it. We physically had to change the way we did it. But it was a small group of people we were all committed to. And it works great. Right. Lots of us have done lots of Zoom things that didn't go so swell. Zoom yoga. Yeah. (laughs) You know, first of all, you couldn't drag my crack to a yoga class anyway, let alone Zoom yoga. I was going to say, my sister-in-law told me about that one. I think her boyfriend's company was doing it. And I was like, really? (laughs) Well, but then there are companies that do yoga classes and companies that don't. Uh, So it depends on the culture of the company. Here's... The thing is at some point with any of these connection exercises, there are two things you need to do. Number one is what is the aggregate time that people spend on their webcam on Zoom every single day? Yeah, you don't want too much Zoom fatigue. Right. At that point, it just becomes misery. Right. The second thing is... The golden rule, as we have all been told, is do unto others. Yes. The problem with that is we occasionally do unto others in ways they do not want done unto them. Fair. And this gets to work styles, it gets to preferences, and it's why over time these things need to be the subject of conversation and coming together and reaching some kind of accommodation with each other. Because one person's bonding time, right? I'm in this apartment all by myself and I'm losing my mind and I need to talk to people is somebody else's, oh, for the love of everything that's holy, let me get my work done. Yes, I have also seen some of those too. (laughs) And there's an accommodation to be made there, but it doesn't happen unless you talk about it, unless you have some kind of conversation and meeting of the minds where the introverts have to suck it up and, you know, do some playing nicely with others. And the extroverts at some point need to shut up and let people get their work done. I will say on that line, so it's no secret, I'm an introvert, haha, don't like people, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm somebody that's very much heads down, get my work done, whatever. Now, if you want to have a meeting with me, it's fine. Tell me you want a meeting, whatever. And I won't name the coworker, that part's fine. But um, I had somebody on our team who had said, they had just said, hey, I want to have a meeting with you. I want to talk about this tech thing. Well, the tech thing that they had a question on, here's a link from Google. You'll solve it in three seconds. It wasn't hard. They didn't really need me on a Zoom call for this. So to me, I'm looking at it as don't waste my time. And then then they tell me, oh, well, I really just wanted a catch-up call. I haven't talked to you in a while. Well, just tell me that. And and it was totally fine to then, you know, have that conversation, whatever. But for for some of you who are more extroverted and you do want to catch up on with these people and stuff. Tell your introverted team members that that's what you're trying to do. If they have a goal, if they know what the goal is, 
we tend to be a little bit more willing to play nice. Well, and, and a big part of that is just being prepared and knowing what the conversation is Absolutely. going to be. If I go into the conversation thinking this is going to be a five-minute hashing out of a problem or answering a question, and all of a sudden you're going into, so how's the dog and what's the weather doing in Vegas? It's a totally I different mindset. A little bit antsy, whereas if we blocked 20 minutes and, you know, hey, I want to catch up. We haven't talked for a while. My brain stops screaming at me and I kind of have allotted that time and I can, I'm good with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just tell your people what the goal of the meeting is. So here's the th to wrap up. Yes. What we have been babbling about for 16 minutes. Um, yes, icebreakers and activities are important. If you are not seeing each other, the group has to have a way to communicate and build relationships and get to know each other and God forbid, have a little fun. Water cooler channels on Slack are great and we highly recommend them. And yeah, water cooler channels, by the way, but they also need some guidance yes. and there can be sub channels. Uh, our, our team does a great job with the water cooler channel. Mm -hmm. They come across a funny article. We put GIFs or GIFs or whatever, little video clips, there says you go. the old man. Um, and, and we bust each other's chops and we have a lot of fun. Uh, you can do that in multiple ways. There's, you know, there's family news. There's cool articles that we mm -hmm. found. There's, you know, different companies trivia. break it up different ways. Trivia, ongoing trivia things. Um, and that's the thing about these events. Find events that require participation. Watching people eat is not a particularly participative event. Uh, pub trivia contests. Yeah, people love trivia. Are fun. You know, those types of events. And don't just dictate them on the team. Yes. Right? So there's two things that I would suggest. One is alternate the responsibility for whose job it is to do that. Yes. Right? Each meeting, somebody else is responsible for how we open the meeting. That makes sense. That way you get a mix of these really, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> oh God, please don't tell Kevin to use that in the next meeting. <laughs> <laughs> but those types of things that drive me crazy versus legitimate icebreakers that are fun and quick and high energy. The other thing is talk about it as a team. What do you want? What do you need? What is the accommodation that you can come to that strikes the balance of need for social interaction and fun and function and allowing people to get their work done. Absolutely. More opt-in as opposed to requirement. Yes, and opt-in-ish. Yes. Yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, I know that we're about out of time today, but Wayne, I just want to say thank you so much for answering my question today. Um, I know that there was a lot of stuff that we could have gone into and we just don't have time for it right now, but that's okay. We'll have more episodes coming up. So please like and subscribe. You've listened to podcasts before. You know how this works. Rate and review. Tell your friends. Share the article, articles. Share the episodes on your social media platforms. If you would like to get in touch with Wayne or I, you can contact us at wayne at kevinikeberry.com or marissa at kevinikeberry.com or find us on LinkedIn. 
All of our show notes and the transcript will be on longdistanceworklife.com as well as a place for you to ask your questions so we can answer them in future episodes. Thank you so much for joining us this week and we'll see you next time.